Hi guys, Kate here. And Jonah. Do you ever think to yourself, man, I love the stories I hear every week on CNA Newsroom, but sometimes I wish I knew more about what's happening in the church on a daily basis. It's okay if you've thought that. You won't hurt our feelings. Well, Catholic News Agency now offers a daily audio news update made especially for your smart speaker. It's called Catholic News, and it's available right now on Amazon Alexa and Google Home. You can listen every day on your favorite podcast app, too, if that's how you roll. Okay, here's how it works. On Google Home, all you have to do is walk up to your speaker and say, Hey Google, play Catholic News. Here's the latest news. If you have an Alexa, it's pretty much the same. Just say, Alexa, open Catholic News. Welcome back to the latest news from Catholic News Agency. You can also search for Catholic News in the Alexa Skills Store. Enable the skill on your app and then ask Alexa to play your flash briefing. Check out our show notes for more information. And now enjoy this week's episode of CNA Newsroom. This episode deals with the topic of infertility. It contains no graphic descriptions, but does acknowledge the existence of sex between spouses. Listener discretion is encouraged. For as long as she can remember, Serenity Cannell has always wanted to be a mom. She and her husband Andrew were married about four years ago. Before marriage, we knew we wanted to be parents. We knew that there was no reason for us to wait. Um, We wanted to try for children right away. Serenity remembers praying with her husband in front of a statue of the Holy Family at their parish as newlyweds. You know, praying for our future family and this idea of what we thought it would be and all of those different things. And so six months went by. We were like, okay, what's going on? Because everyone around us was able to get pregnant so easily. After a year of trying, their prayer changed. Lord, just please let us get pregnant. Please let us get pregnant. A couple years on. Lord, give us clarity on, are we supposed to adopt? Because at that point, I was not ready to even halfway accept the thought of maybe that we weren't meant to be parents one way or another. Because again, motherhood was something Serenity had dreamed about since she was a little girl. Both Serenity and Andrew have multiple siblings, and it seemed like most of the families they knew had several children. We were both very open to however many children God gave us, as quick as he gave them to us. And um, the first year came and went, and the second year came and went, and we had sought a doctor after the first year. And into the second year, we were still given no answers. Nothing was wrong. Each month that comes with heartbreak after heartbreak, it's just, you know, it seems like forever. Serenity and her husband saw doctor after doctor. Finally, their sixth fertility doctor told them that in vitro fertilization or intrauterine insemination were their final options. As Catholics, both those options were off the table for Serenity and Andrew. We really had started trying to picture what our lives would look like childless. We started to pray that if we weren't meant to be parents, either biologically or adoptive, that God removed that desire from our heart. We started looking into what the next 30 years plus of our life would look like without children. Because for me, I had even put off like schooling and different things like that because I just knew that I would be a mom and would be taking care of my children in my home. 
And then it's like, oh, will we ever have grandchildren? Who will who will take care of us when we're old? And then one of the most sobering thoughts for us was, who will take care of our funerals? Serenity and Andrew's experience of infertility is more common than you might think. And the topic of infertility is rarely discussed, including in church contexts. And unfortunately, infertility is often misunderstood or misjudged as some sort of moral failing. This week on the podcast, we hear from two Catholic women about their infertility. Infertility affects men too, of course, but for this episode, we connected with women. We'll also hear from a young Catholic in Texas about the groundbreaking ministry she started this year for Catholics experiencing infertility. You're listening to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. Before we get too deep into the episode, many of you, like me, may not really know that much about infertility. What's going on medically when a couple is diagnosed as infertile? We wondered the same thing, so we brought our questions to an expert. Infertility actually happens in about 10% of people, so it's really, really common. This is Abby Sinnott, a nurse practitioner and chief clinical officer at Bella Health and Wellness, a Catholic clinic here in Denver. Primary infertility is going to be somebody who's never had a child and, you know, they go to try to conceive and then nothing happens. Secondary infertility is going to be that uh, somebody who has had a child before um, and then now they can't conceive or they can't hold on to a pregnancy. Abby said she typically recommends that couples seek medical advice for possible infertility if they haven't been able to conceive for about six months to a year. She said that there are a range of underlying medical issues that can contribute to a couple's infertility. Really common things that we'll see uh, as underlying sources would be things like thyroid issues, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, hypothalamic problems where people don't or women don't have enough estrogen. And these issues can be associated with the man, with the woman, or both. We'll see that as problems with eggs. We'll see that with problems with sperm. Um, You need good sperm. You need good um, mucus. You need good eggs. Uh, Those are all parts of uh, fertility. She said she typically hears the myth that infertility has something to do with stress. You can see the most calm person in the world who has the patience of Mary and um, nonetheless still has fertility issues. There's also a myth out there that infertility primarily affects older people, but she says she sees patients struggling with infertility at a wide range of ages. Actually, we do see, you know, infertility or fertility issues um, with women that are young, you know, in their 20s even. So what can be done medically if a couple is diagnosed as infertile? Some common medical interventions that Bella is able to do as a Catholic clinic include doing surgery where we can correct the underlying issues of the pelvis. It may mean medications to help um, induce or enhance ovulation. It may mean medications or hormones um, therapy that uh, helps to support the natural hormones so that somebody can hold on to pregnancy. Um, A really common Treatment that we do here is progesterone therapy. Um, progesterone is our progestation hormone, so our pro-pregnancy hormone. And by supporting that progesterone, uh, we can often support pregnancy. So things that are just really simple, um, but really get to those root causes are going to be important. 
Abby said she recommends that couples experiencing infertility seek out counseling, as it can be a very difficult process. I would liken infertility to the grief process. Um, you know, there are five stages of grief. Um, if you were to have loss or you were to have other issues, and infertility is a loss. It is a loss of what you could have had. It is a loss of your hopes and your dreams. Um, it's a loss of what you thought uh, could be okay in your body, um, and and almost in in many ways what we were made to do, right? Uh, and it's a it's a loss of that feeling of like, oh gosh, I was I was made to create something, and and I can't create something, uh, and so helping couples to journey through that grief process is a really important piece of it. And you know, we do the best we can from a medical side of that and supporting women through that medically. Um, but I really do recommend counseling and recommend somebody walking with them from a counseling side of things. As Catholics. We're called to be open to life, and um, and that's a huge part of what we hear in marriage prep, and that's a huge part of what we hear in our churches. Um, and we don't necessarily hear about the infertility piece of that, but it doesn't change the call to be open to life. And that may mean um, taking care of the, the life that you've already been given, if it was secondary infertility, uh, and doing a really good job of taking care of the one child that you do have. It may be um, taking care of the life that you've been given in your parents or your grandparents. And, and I mean, people obviously think about adoption or foster care, and yes, we're called to that too. Um, but that may not be within your means, or that may not be something that's possible, but there's life all around us, and we're called to care for that life. Okay, so now that we've got a bit of perspective on the medical side, let's hear from Katie. Katie is a Catholic living in the UK, and she and her husband are experiencing primary infertility which, as we mentioned earlier, means she has not been able to conceive any children despite trying for at least a year. Katie asks that we refer to her by her first name only because she hasn't shared her story with many people. Katie and her husband have been married for five years. Before we were married, we were dating for four years and then we were engaged for a further year. Um, and we spent quite a lot of that time living long distance while we were studying abroad. And once we were finally married and moved in together, we were ready to start a new life together and we'd done a lot of waiting over those five years. And I think, I think maybe we thought now, now our waiting was over and, and now things would fall into place. But in fact, we embarked on another long waiting period, really, because um, once we um, started trying to conceive, we discovered that we did struggle with infertility and, um, and it's been a long journey since then. Like Serenity, Katie has always felt strongly that she wanted to be a mother. She says she never doubted her vocation to marriage or motherhood. Katie believes her infertility could be linked to a diagnosis from before she even met her husband. We did know that there was a chance we'd struggle to conceive, um, but we also knew that we, we couldn't know for sure till we tried. I think we just hoped it wouldn't be an issue. Katie remembers that her diagnosis and the possibility that it could result in infertility was constantly in the back of her mind throughout marriage preparation classes. I didn't disagree with what the church teaches about children being a big part of the sacrament of marriage, about being open to life and accepting children willingly from God. But something about it made me a bit uncomfortable. Given that in the back of my mind, I knew that I might face infertility, it sort of worried me that uh, would my marriage be somehow less than. Um, I remember thinking as we prepared for our, um, for our wedding and we, and we read through the prayers of the nuptial mass, that there was such a focus on parenthood. It wasn't if you have children, it was when you have children. Um, and you're praying for, for this spouse to be a good wife and a mother and um, husband and father. And I was grappling with this question of, 
well, if children are such a key part of the sacrament of marriage, then what if you can't have children? Is your marriage incomplete? But again, we couldn't do anything but wait and see. Both Katie and Serenity described infertility using one word, grief. Our lives changed and even our prayers changed when we realized what we were experiencing wasn't just sadness each month. We were experiencing grief, a grief that just comes pretty much every 30 days like clockwork. Even couples who haven't experienced baby loss still experience so many losses on an infertility journey. So the loss of what might have been, the loss of the chance to pass on your faith to your children and pass on your family traditions and values, um, not just the loss of parenting a baby, but parenting a child, a teenager, an adult, and eventually perhaps the loss of, you know, having the role of a grandparent. Katie said her experience of infertility impacted her view of her vocation. For many years, she put her value in her ability to be a wife and a mother. So what happens when motherhood seems unattainable? It brings up a lot of questions about your vocation and, and, and what gives you purpose and what gives you value and what gives you worth. I think it's difficult, particularly as a Catholic, because we do, as Catholics, the sacrament of marriage is all about family and is all about children and is about passing on the faith. And so it does make you feel isolated when you're not able to do that. If you can't pass on your faith, you might start to feel like you're living it more for yourself and as a sort of inward looking thing. Serenity started an anonymous Instagram page as an outlet for her grief. Just as a place to get out my thoughts and the sadness or for prayer or any of those things. Like many people, Serenity and Andrew kept their experience of infertility a secret. But they decided to start sharing their story around the time of their first wedding anniversary. Everyone around us knew that we wanted kids right away. We would get questions all the time. And I refused to go into a holiday with anyone asking us again. And so I just started sharing. In conversations with family and friends, Serenity presented her infertility as a medical diagnosis. And as we heard from Abby earlier, in many cases, infertility does have a clear medical cause. But in Serenity's case, she and her husband had no diagnosis. They couldn't find anything wrong. So there was nothing for us to treat. And so I did. I started just openly talking about it. And when I did, I actually had a lot of people reach out to me that I knew in person and then just other people on Facebook that were like, I, you know, I struggle with this. I dealt with that. And it, just in that one day, I felt so much less alone. Katie only very recently began sharing her experience with family and friends. But before that, she says she found support exclusively online. One day, Katie got a notification about a new post on a Facebook group for young Catholic women experiencing infertility. Lauren Allen, a young woman from Texas thousands of miles away from Katie, was interested in launching a new Catholic infertility resource, and she was looking for help. It caught a number of people's eyes as soon as she posted that on a Facebook group because people, um, even even those who weren't, um, maybe didn't have the time to offer to be involved, were saying, I want to hear about this because I'm really interested about where this is going to go. But Katie did have some time to give. She offered her editing skills, and in January, she helped Lauren launch The Fruitful Hollow, a blog with an active social media presence. Serenity came across The Fruitful Hollow soon after, and she says the community she has found there has helped her a lot. It's easier to talk to strangers than it is people very close to me in my life because your best friend doesn't want to sit and talk to you all the time about infertility. Like, you know, it's just sure they're there and they're comforting and 
they want to understand. But when you can find a community of other people, like what I found in different Facebook groups or with the Fruitful Hollow and Instagram, when you find people that actually can relate to the struggles that you're dealing with, it's so much more comforting um, than talking with other people. We always joke like, welcome to the club that no one wants to be part of. (laughs) This is Lauren Allen. As I said a little earlier, Lauren is the founder and director of the Fruitful Hollow. But truly, the infertile population, especially in the Catholic Church, needs to be ministered to and they need to have a place. And a lot of the times it's just non-existent. You go from young adult groups to mommy groups and it's just really hard. (laughs) So there's not really a place a lot of the time. More from Lauren after this short break. Hello, this is Kevin Jones. I'm a longtime journalist with Catholic News Agency. I want to thank you for listening to CNA Newsroom. We bring you the voices behind the headlines. We explore our world together with an eye towards our faith. If you enjoy CNA Newsroom as much as I do, be sure and subscribe to the show. You'll never miss an episode. Subscribing is easy and free on any podcast app like Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just open your phone's podcast app, then search for CNA Newsroom. Click the subscribe button. That way, you'll get our episodes as soon as we post them. Happy listening, and make sure you check out episode 22, featuring yours truly, Kevin Jones. Now, back to the show. Lauren Allen launched the Fruitful Hollow Ministry because of her own experiences with infertility. I always joke with my team that God hit me over the head with the idea for the ministry. My husband and I at that point had been struggling with infertility for, with primary infertility for about a year. And I um, never had any call to create a resource or a blog or anything like that, but I was driving down the back roads like I do sometimes when I'm upset or to think or pray, and I just heard God clearly say to me, you're called to carry your cross, not pray that it goes away from you. I think my prayer at that time was that, okay, God, just let me get pregnant, let me have a baby, and all of this will just go away, and I can kind of ignore that it happened, and I won't be deemed infertile, and I can move on with my life. But when I heard him so clearly say that, you know, it's meant to be carried, then I had a flood of, like, situations that I had been in or conversations that I had had, and I knew what he was asking, Um, and he was asking for me to create a resource that would put out valid church teachings on different parts of infertility and lead people towards holiness and not towards anger and envy and some of the nasty spiritual warfare stuff that comes along with infertility. The Fruitful Hollow runs a blog post or an article once a week. It also offers several resources on its website, including guides for journaling and information about patron saints of infertility. We have a sweet devotion to St. Gianna Veretimola. She is a patron saint of infertility, and we have several saints on our website that are also saints of infertility. 
The website also offers information about church teaching on modern medical responses to infertility, such as in vitro fertilization. When you start to realize that you have a problem getting pregnant, when you go to doctors, a lot of the mainstream OBGYNs, that's what they know. So it's unfortunately what they push. And so you have to really be educated in your church teachings to know what's okay to do and what's not. But there's not a lot of education in the Catholic Church. Like, where would you find that unless you were searching for it? I don't think it's a well-known teaching. Today, Serenity works as the outreach coordinator for The Fruitful Hollow. She interacts with members largely through social media, Instagram in particular. She said one member wrote in anonymously, asking if it was even licit for her and her husband to have sex, since they are experiencing infertility. And that was so heartbreaking to our entire team because, again, as Catholics, we're taught that sex is supposed to be this beautiful marital act. But now there's so many, there's couples that just don't feel like they should even be able to have that gift because it's not resulting in offspring. Lauren told us that many members of her audience have said they wish they had heard discussions about infertility during their marriage prep. When you go through marriage prep, they tell you, you know, you're supposed to be open to life and children are a blessing. But even in our marriage prep, no one ever said, but it's okay if you're open to life and you can't have children. Katie remembers bringing up the topic of infertility in a general way with the priest conducting her marriage prep, but she didn't share her personal concerns. Because I, again, felt like it was too private to to open up about. And it really has only been in the last perhaps year that I've spoken to a lot more people about our infertility. Another thing that the Fruitful Hollow has really tried to do is not only do we want to support couples dealing with infertility, but we also want to show their families ways that they can support them. Because it's something, unless you've dealt with infertility, you have no idea. Like most people don't, you, you can be supportive and loving and all of those things, but I think even some of the most well-meaning people in my life have, so, have said some of the most hurtful things because you think you think you're saying the right thing, but you're really not. The Fruitful Hollow team is working on an information campaign for parishes nationwide with the hope of taking it international soon. The ministry will send cards encouraging parishes to remember in its prayers of the faithful, couples trying to conceive and couples hoping to adopt. Serenity said even such seemingly small efforts can make a big impact. Something that my parish did for us this past year was on Mother's Day, they added in to the prayers of the faithful that they were praying for all couples dealing with infertility. It wasn't even just for people that were trying to get pregnant. It was for couples dealing with infertility. And it's those couple of words make you feel so heard. They've also had requests for coordinating local chapters for members to gather in person for community and sharing. They haven't been able to do that just yet, but hope to in the future. In the months since its founding, more than 150 people around the world have subscribed to the Fruitful Hollows website, and its Instagram has gained nearly 700 followers. Lauren said her ministry's growth signals just how common the experience of infertility can be, and how hungry Catholics who experience it are for resources and community. I think that's one of the biggest points of feedback that we get from our readers. Uh, we interact often through social media polls and such, and our readers really talk about a lack of just a conversation about infertility. One of the girls on our team really had a problem because she was a convert to Catholicism, and she just felt so betrayed that this was never something that people talked about. So it's a very lonely part of the body of Christ that we're trying to minister to. 
I know, especially Mother's Day, Father's Day is hard because if you see, you know, two Catholics who are sitting in a pew by themselves, I mean, it's going to mass itself is hard because everybody talks about how much of a blessing a big Catholic family is. And that's kind of the, the desire in a lot of people's hearts is to have that. But when you can't, it becomes very lonely um, and just really hard. <laughs> the Fruitful Hollow just launched a branch of its ministry called the Sisters of Hannah. The program connects women who are struggling with infertility with women who've had similar issues in the past. They will be meeting with women who need prayers or who just want to talk to somebody who understands it. Applications for the program can be found on the Fruitful Hollow's website. We'll share a link in the show notes for this episode. Lauren said she believes the infertile population in the church is a powerful community that could have a special calling to dedicate themselves to the pro-life movement. I believe that the infertile population, especially of the Catholic Church, probably has a really strong understanding of the value of life. And so really just cherishing life and praying for our pro-life movement and just really calling all of the infertile people to prayers for life. I think it would be such a powerful thing to do, even if you don't have time to volunteer, just praying. For women experiencing infertility, like Serenity and Katie, the Fruitful Hollow has provided what was, for many years, lacking, a platform to share and community support. I think on such an isolating journey, community is key, and I think that's one of the best things to have come out of the Fruitful Hollow, is just finding such a community of of like-minded Catholic um, women and men um, who who are struggling with these same these same questions and these same this roller coaster of, of an infertility journey and and how different it can look because um, just like every family looks different every infertility journey is different some people will go on to grow their family in other ways some people will um, will remain a family of two but the focus of the fruitful hollow is helping people to be fruitful in that weight be fruitful right now not to see it that the only way our marriage can be fruitful is to have children, um, but that our marriage can be fruitful in and of itself. And so something we're focusing on is, we're not just helping people to get pregnant or to find ways to, to find solutions that way, we're helping people to um, live out their vocation um, in this weight and to carry this cross um, gracefully. The biggest thing that I want people to know is that the plan that we have our life for our lives is never the plan that God has. and you are still called to be fruitful, even if it's not in the way that we think of when we often think of fruitfulness. You are called to be open to life, but even if you never have kids or you never conceive, you're still called to be fruitful and work towards holiness. After three years of difficulty, Serenity and Andrew got a positive pregnancy test on Father's Day this year. They're due early next year. Serenity calls her baby a miracle. She's very cognizant of the fact that she's the exception within the infertility community. So it's just been very difficult navigating this new, like it's, and for now too, to go back to how our prayer is, is it's just every single day we just thank God for one more day of being pregnant because it's also not lost on us how often loss and like pregnancy loss is. 
I've had to remind myself that no matter how much I pray or how much I worry, God's will will be done in my baby's life, and there's nothing I can do to change that. There are still countless Catholics out there struggling with infertility. It is such a personal and private thing for, for many people. So I understand why it's not talked about um, a lot, because whilst there are some people who will speak very openly about their infertility to anyone and everyone, um, there are so many people who this is this is something so painful and it's so private and personal and they're not comfortable sharing with everyone um and it does mean that there may well be people around you there may be other people in your parish there may be people in your area who are experiencing the exact same thing um but you wouldn't know um because they're processing that within the walls of their home the fact that we've um, even found each other as a group has been um, a real blessing You can learn more about The Fruitful Hollow by clicking the link in our show notes. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, Joan McKeown. I produce and edit this show with the help of our executive producer, Kate Oliveira. A very, very special thank you to Lauren, Serenity, and Katie for sharing their stories with us, and to Abby Sinnott. See you next week.